Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Albert Nastashi, Michael Scheidel, Hannah Woodward, and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. We're going to break open the bread of life. But before we do that, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us learn what God wants to learn through the, the bread of life today? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your love. Thank you for loving us so much that you didn't want to leave us uh, just kind of wandering around uh, on our own, and you gave us this beautiful love letter, this guide, this this GPS, uh, uh, your word. You gave us your word, and, and it's uh, such a gift, Lord, so thank you for that gift. And as we prepare f- uh, for Mass on Sunday, as we broke up, break open the gospel that we will read, and what we'll, 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 we will hear proclaimed on Sunday, please, Lord, open our hearts now. Prepare our hearts now to have an encounter with you uh, like we've never had before, that we will grow deeper in our love for you, that we would grow deeper in our commitment to you and deeper in, in, in courage to share uh, what you've given us to every single person that we meet. And we ask the Blessed Mother in a special way, uh, the Mother of Mercy, uh, in, in this, this Christmas season as we approach uh, the new year to please, uh, as we start this new year, Mary, please pray that we'll grow closer to your Son as we pray together. Hail Mary, Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Full, full of grace, grace. The, Lord the Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Albert, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Yes. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, 
And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I love that final line. They departed for their country by another way. Whenever we encounter Christ in our life, it's a call to change. And we read in the first paragraph, King Herod heard this. He was greatly troubled. You know, when we truly have an encounter with Christ in our hearts, we have to make a choice. We were given the gift of free will. Are we going to remain king and sit on the throne of our hearts? Because Herod, he struggled with this. And he knew, based on the prophecies, that this was going to be the Messiah, the King of Kings. He would have to step down from that title, from that role, from that, that grandeur that he had and allow Jesus to sit on the throne of his heart. And he couldn't do it. So it troubled him. And he tried to kill Jesus, tried to kill the child Jesus. So for me, I need to step down and make sure that when I say my yes to the Lord every day, that truly he sits on the throne of my heart. He is the shepherd of my life. It says it here again in the scriptures, you know, the promise that God sent him a shepherd to shepherd us. So for me, I needed to go another way. I need to go the way of the Lord, not my way, not my will, but the Lord's will. I love Mother Mary, what she said when she was given that opportunity to be the first disciple of Jesus Christ. She said the words, I am the handmaid, the servant of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. Her full and complete surrender of the rest of her life changed the world. So too, God wants to repeat that in each and every one of us through our all in, our all, our yes, our total surrender as we invite Jesus into our hearts, we can see, receive him, conceive him, and then take him to others. God wants to change the world for the better in, through, and with us through Jesus Christ and our yes, complete surrender to him. And I, I want to live that life of surrender to the will of God in my life so that he can take me and lead me and shepherd me and guide me and use me. I want to invite God to be part of every decision in my life. I'm not the king. He is. I'm not the king. He is. And God delights when I choose to include him on business decision, on my relationship with my wife and my children. God delights. And then guess what? He answers those prayers when we are truly surrendered. And it's amazing what can happen. Amen, David. I, 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 I live those words as much as I possibly can, but it's, it's always a struggle. It's always... An effort to try to keep that consciously in our minds that we need to surrender that kingship and to to let him to get out of the way and let him uh, in our conscious Lord Father is this what you want or what do you want of me and when you shared that story uh, today that was a that was a really uh, powerful thing for me what strikes me here in this as well if I might add this is Herod recognized that. Jesus, that the true king, the Messiah, was going to be born. He recognized it so much that he put all of his effort into killing him. Even in the Gospels, it says that the devils 
recognize Jesus. Uh, it, it's amazing to me that people don't recognize Jesus in this day and age, that the, the devils even recognize him, that King Herod, a man who, who um, gave birth to evil and, and killing all the innocents to try to kill Christ, that they recognize that God uh, was coming into the earth and, um, and that so many people this day uh, walk around without letting the king, the true king, be born in their hearts. It's, it's just amazing to me sometimes, but I certainly understand it coming from the other side uh, prior to my own conversion, that there's just sometimes that veil that, uh, that only humility and, uh, and, a, and a brokenness could sometimes uh, allow that to happen. Well, and that's a challenge to all of us also, Albert, because do people truly recognize the Christ child in us. Yeah, Are point. we the stars? Because we read about the star of Bethlehem led to the, the manger scene and the, and, 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 and the Christ child. Are we truly the lights that lead to Christ? Or does it dead end with us, me, myself, and I? So that's a challenge to me. And you know what? The only way we can do that is to stay in constant communion, common union with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that takes a daily discipline, a daily perseverance to stay in relationship. You know, Jesus in the garden said to his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John, can't you give me one hour? Mm -hmm. Just yes. one hour. Can't you stay awake for one hour? Can we give the Lord one hour of our day? And we as Catholics, we know we can go to mass every day and receive the Lord. This, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That's not a coincidence. Bethlehem means city of bread. Why? Jesus is the bread of life. He is the Paschal lamb, the Passover lamb. We're supposed to consume him. We're human beings, both physical and spiritual. We feed ourselves certainly enough as humans. Yes, we do. But do we feed ourselves daily, spiritually? Jesus taught us how to pray, the Our Father. And it says, we cry out to God in that prayer, give us our day, our daily bread. And God says, you got it. As Catholics, you got it, both in the Word of God, which is the first part of the Mass, the liturgy, you know, the first part of the Mass, and in the physical, in the Eucharist. Jesus wants to give us his body, blood, soul, and divinity. He wants to impregnate us with himself so that we become more and more and more like him, so that we can be the stars that lead others to him. That's our journey. Do we see that? Are we awake and I think it's a challenge, Albert. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that to each of us. And the question that you that you asked: uh, Do people see the the Christ child in us? And uh, no matter how hard my heart becomes at times, when I see a little baby, uh. I melt. I melt. And it's so you know, babies are so approachable. And, and no matter how bad your day is going, and I, God blessed blessed us with five kids. No matter how bad your day has been, you, you walk through the door and, you know, the, the loving arms of a child just wraps himself around you and, and it's awesome. So, David, I think the question is really profound and, and one that we should uh, really pray about and, and ask Jesus to fill us. Are we approachable? Amen. Are we approachable? I know in times in my life, uh, especially when I first said yes to, to the Lord, I went out with a lot of goodwill and a lot of enthusiasm, um, but I wasn't grounded in prayer. I didn't have Jesus fully like alive and like overflowing out of just this time of, of deep prayer with him. And I, you know, was trying to drag people along, you know, mm -hmm. you know drag my wife along, drag the kids along. And, and uh, it was all out of goodwill and enthusiasm, but that's not enough. You know, if we're not fully 
rooted in prayer where God fills us. And then he doesn't want to leave us empty. He wants us to be a reservoir. And a reservoir only spills out what is left over, you know, from the exit, right? So, and the reservoir is always full. That's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be full, a reservoir where he's filling us with his love and his peace and his joy and his mercy. And when we're full to overflowing, that overflow goes into the, the people around us. And then we become that approachable Christ child where people, um, they're, they're comfortable, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, Bishop Barron, I was listening to him, you know, talking about the good, the true, and the beautiful. And he said, let's, let's focus on the beautiful because you can argue with people about truth. You can argue with people about goodness, but beauty, let's start with beauty. Let's have that conversation and, and just, you know, the beauty of God's creation, the beauty of this time together, the, you know, just focus on the beauty and it's all gifts from God. And, uh, you know, just like, like the Christ child and any child is approachable. Let's, uh, let's pray that, that we, as his as his hands and his feet, that we can be approachable. Well put. Awesome. Well put. And I, I look at this, and this is amazing because here it tells us, and we know throughout the Old Testament, that God prophesied about the coming of the Savior. He did it in Genesis 3.15, that there'd be a woman, and she'd, through her seed would come the Christ child. He prophesied about it. And as I was reflecting on this, I'm like, and it's right here written, you know, in, written in Isaiah through the prophet, you know, Bethlehem, land of Judah, Judah, by new means are you the least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. But I got to reflecting on that and said, wait a minute, God the Father prophesied in the Bible, in the Old Testament, about each and every one of us. He says, before he formed us in the wombs of our mothers, he knew us. It says he knew the good works, the plans he had for us. He knew the works he had planned for us to do, those works of love. God prophesied about us. The enemy of our souls knows that, and he wants to take us out. And one of his greatest weapons is fear. I can't do it. Stop that. Through God, all things Amen. are possible. So that what you reflected on, Rob, staying in prayer, communion with God, common union, is a daily choice. It's a daily discipline. It's a daily journey. And you know what? The three magi in this story tell us that. They journeyed for, we believe, about two years following the star. They weren't Jewish to find the Christ child. And then when they found him, they opened up their gifts. They opened up their treasures. And I reflected on that. I'm like, that's our calling. When we find the Lord, it should be a conversion of the heart, a renewal of our mind, that we become not self-centered any longer, me, myself, and I, but others-centered. How can I share my gifts of gold, my the funds that God's entrusted me with, with someone in need? We just got presented a story today of a young lady, and it's on GoFundMe now, whose husband left her at Christmas with two children. She was in a car accident, hit hit uh, slippery roads, demolished the car. The insurance money's gone to the husband. She's got no money. Her job depends on it and two young children. And so when we read this scripture reading um, earlier this week, I said, gentlemen, this is our opportunity to share the gift of our treasure, which is represented by the gold, with those in need. So let's come alongside and help this young lady get a car so she can keep her job, so she can feed her children. My goodness gracious, we couldn't have asked for a better story to be a vessel of God's love, God's mercy. But when we have that conversion event 
in our lives, our hearts need to be open. And we need to, because the next thing they look at, you know, is, you know, frankincense. We need to recognize the Christ child in every baby, in every womb of every mother. The Christ child in every person we meet. All seven billion human beings were created by God in his image and likeness. The enemy can't knit the soul to the body. He's got no clay to form it. He can only twist and contort. Do we truly meet and greet every human being every day and see that Christ child within them? Or do we judge? Do we condemn? Do we talk about? Do we complain? Do we fall prey to the bait of the enemy? And, and, and then do we truly, the myrrh, die to self and make it about a life of others-centered? That's a, that's a choice we all have to make. That's great, David. I mean, what you said just rings to the heart. And I'll go back to what you are saying about uh, common union, uh, communion, and, and Rob, about uh, prayer um, and staying, uh, staying focused in that. It's, uh, I know for me personally, it's, it's not possible— unless I commit. And the Lord has shown me just what a weak man that I am. Matter of fact, I'm so weak that he says, I need to go to daily mass. And not only daily mass, he called me to go to daily adoration, an hour a day, uh, because of that same, um, uh, can you watch one hour with me? And I share that because it's clear that when I fall away from those, when I fall away from the discipline of those practices, that I am a terribly weak man. Uh, all those uh, things you just mentioned, uh, uh, my weakness towards envy, towards uh, towards a- any uh, pull of the, the carnal world, uh, it just becomes magnified. My wife will even tell me I'm, I'm more irritable and, uh, and, and I have less patience. So, um, you know, Bishop Fulton Sheen was the one who really inspired the the daily adoration for me as well. I had a, a priest friend who had the fortune of uh, good fortune of meeting uh, Bishop Sheen, and he had to do a presentation at the same place that Bishop Sheen did. And Bishop Sheen um, walked off the stage, and um, this priest was going to be up uh, relatively soon next. And he just asked Bishop Sheen, "How do you do it? Where do you get this grace? W- what is your secret?" And uh, and Bishop Sheen just right straightly in his eyes daily adoration, an hour a day with the Lord. And he shared a great story about that, about a, um, a young girl who um, who inspired him to that. And that's a story that's wonderful in itself. But for me, if I miss uh, my discipline of adoration or daily mass, um, I miss all the rest. So as I was saying to you, how can people not believe? I could see how they cannot believe because even now walking in the faith, if I let go of my discipline, all of a sudden, I'm, I could see the difference of how more blinded I become to the daily callings and promptings of the Holy Spirit that we're so in need of. So yeah, everything we both said, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, to go on that, Albert, <clears throat> even in my home, I notice uh, when we jump off of the routine of our daily prayer with our children, um, train wreck. It's It's yeah. inevitable. It's inevitable. I mean, there's even been times when... Uh, it was so obvious that um, the kids were going completely bananas. My wife and I were not communicating well. We were trying to run out the door and get something done. Nothing was working right. And finally what tipped me off was I heard glass shatter. Someone was running up and down the stairs, knocked, supposedly knocked uh, a picture off the wall, and it shattered. 
And I'll never forget, I, I yelled, everyone stop. And everyone heard me. And I went right to my wife and said, we're not right with God. Something's wrong here. And notice we haven't been to, you know, uh, confession in a long time. You know, enjoy the blessings and the graces that are just right there abundantly waiting for us in the, in the sacraments. Um, and I knew it. And you get busy. And you just say, I just really, I don't have, really don't have the time. And that is, is kind of has become silly. You know, the more you, I'm sure you gentlemen all agree, the more you get within the practice of God uh, or being with him, uh, the more you realize how silly your excuses become. Uh, and especially when you realize the saints and all the sacrifices they've made, uh, you know, and led the way. And that was just so clear to me. It was almost like that glass shattering was, you know, the enemy saying, I got you, you know, or, or it was at least a bell to me saying, he does not have you go run to the Lord, you know, and do him homage, uh, just like the, the wise men did. So, um, it's that daily practice, daily routine. And I, Full disclosure, I jump off of that routine occasionally, and every single time I do, and we do as a family and as a community, we see the results. And it's so, it's so much easier to fall—it's like exercise. You know, you, you exercise, and it takes you so long to get in shape, but so quick to get out of shape, yeah. you know, well uh, or with a diet or anything. And the same is true with prayer that, you know, Michael, we're, we're experiencing the same thing at home that our— our routine, our discipline of family prayer has been hit and miss. Like, okay, while we're driving, let's just, you know, bang out a decade here just mm -hmm. to kind of check the box or whatever. Right. But that, you know, stopping and, and, and when, since we've been out of that, it's so easy to fall into the laziness of, you know, let's just put the TV on and watch a show together. Or let's, like, it's just so easy to fall, mm. to backslide. Because there's no neutral, right? In, in, the, in the spiritual life, there is no neutral. So you're either progressing intentionally or you're going backwards. Mm. There is no neutral. It's not like, okay, we've been praying for seven years as a family. You know, we can, you know, we can go on, on autopilot for a year and we'll be all right. You know, it, there is no autopilot. There is no neutral. It's either intentionally progressing, making the decisions every day to, to say yes. It's almost like flying. Out. Yeah. If you stop flapping, you're falling. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Thank you, Albert. That's good. You know, I love God's stories. And, and as I was reading this, I was reflecting on, on the fact that the star led to Christ. And are we those stars in the world today, those lights that lead to Christ? And the other day, uh, my wife, we had sold our car to our, or selling our car to our daughter. And so we need to buy a new car. And so we were passing this dealership, and it was the one that my wife loved. She said, oh, there's one of those dealerships that have that type of car. I said, ooh, that's a, that's a cue for me. Christmas is coming up. That's what I'll do. So before I left to go to the car dealership, while she was away, I took two CDs with me to listen to. And on the way to the car dealership, I was going to put one in, but I heard the still quiet voice, don't do that. Finish the one you've started. So I listened to the CD the whole way there. Get to the car dealer, and I said a prayer. This is key for everybody. Invite the Holy Spirit into all situations. So I said, I said, Holy Spirit, please bring the salesman out you want to bring out and use me for your purpose. Simple little ditty in my heart, simple little prayer, and boom, I get out of my car. Here comes this nice young salesman over to me. Hi, sir, how can I help you? And boom, we start this dialogue. And next thing you know, we go for a test drive. And we get back from the test drive. We spend a half hour in a car talking about faith. And that there was no accidents, no coincidence that this wasn't about buying a car. This was a divine appointment. You know, he's sharing with me the fact that he and his wife were both raised Catholic, but neither one of them go to church anymore. 
I asked him a question, why? Jesus taught by asking questions. I said, why? And he said, well, because of the priests and what they did and how they, how they, uh, how they, how, how they did what they did. And I said, but priests are human beings and they sinned, some priests. I said, you need to forgive them, but it wasn't Holy Mother Church. And so it was beautiful that the Lord just helped me heal these wounds that had caused him to not go back to church. And then we go in to do the paperwork, and I remember the CD. I walk back out of the car, I get the CD that I had just put in my car to listen to on the way to this dealership. And I sat it down in front of him, and I said, remember we talked about no accidents, no coincidence. And you and your wife, you told me, had walked away from the church, right? He said, yes. I said, turn the CD over. I put put in the car and brought with me on the way to see you. He turns it over, and it's by Dr. Scott Hahn, and it's How to Bring Fallen Away Catholics Back to the Church. He turned it over. He said, no way. He said, this is impossible. He said, there's no way you could have had this in your car. I said, oh, it wasn't meant for me. God knew where I was coming. He knew who he wanted me to meet, and that CD's for you and your wife. Isn't that precious? And then I invited him to a gospel reflection group, and I wrote it down on a business card, he ended up giving the business card to his boss, and I'm like, oh, darn it, i got to write it again. So I wrote it again. Well, the next thing you know, a couple days later, I talked to the boss. boss said, hey, what's this about a gospel reflection group? So I invite him to that, and I invite the salesman, and guess what? They both come, and guess what? They're coming back. Isn't it beautiful how God chooses to use us to be those stars, those lights, to bring others back into relationship with him? Great story. Great story. Did, they, did you buy the car? <laughs> I did buy the car, and my wife loved it. And I told her, Here, but here's key. I said, sweetheart, you got exactly what you wanted, including the seats that vibrate. I said, that's God the Father who gave you that gift. He just chose to use me as the instrument to procure it. So isn't that beautiful how we always give God the credit for the yeah. gift, for everything that happens in our life? Don't take credit from God. Don't say, I did this. Stop it. The center of sin is I, (laughs) S-I-N. The center of pride is I, P-R-I-D-E. So don't take credit from God. But when we turn it all over to God, we're planting seeds, seeds of hope, seeds of faith, seeds of opportunity. You know, I had another God moment this past week of of jumper cables. You know, I sell them, but yet the Lord prompted me to buy a pair. I'm like, well, that's odd. Why would I buy a pair when I sell them? I can get them at my cost. But I did. I bought a pair. Well, I found out why. Because I was walking through the parking lot right before Christmas. And uh, as I'm passing this car, this girl says to me, sir, do you have jumper cables? And I went, I certainly do. <laughs> so I went and got the jumper cables, brought them back. And I said to the young lady, I said, I said, ma'am, this is a gift from God to you. I wondered why I bought them. The gift is for you. Merry Christmas. This girl cried and said, sir, may I hug you? I said, absolutely. May God bless you. Let's look for the divine appointments. Look for the God moments. Be a change in the world. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, 
please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.